Hello and welcome to the Family Bookshelf. I am Nick, the Game Saloon Dad, and with me is my wife Amber of AmbitionsForChrist.com. So, some behind the scenes this week. <laughs> this will actually be the third time we have recorded this episode. <laughs> Don't ask. It's been a long week. <laughs> Between technical difficulties and us. And, oh my goodness, it's been a long week. Yes, yeah. we, we just finished this one and realized that our microphones were not plugged in and nothing had been recorded. So, <laughs> so here we go again. Here we go again for the third time. <laughs> if this, this seems the- like we're rehearsed, it's only because we have done it a few times. <laughs> so uh, today I've got three fantasy novels for us that, uh, well, I-, I-, I would say you could probably skip one. Uh, definitely look at another one and maybe decide on the third. Uh, so, you know, I'm not sure else to say that. Kind of, you know, <laughs> what we always do, I guess. Meh, meh, meh. You know, they were okay. So the first one I would tell you to skip completely. It's called The Unfinished Land by Greg Bear. Uh, this one was really hard to read, um, mostly because of the language. So, like, when Tolkien wrote The Lord of the Rings and he created Elvish, he created a real language that people could sit down and study and learn and speak to each other. In fact, I think there are people who know Elvish, who study Elvish. Oh, yeah. Including your cousin. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's actually classes I've seen where you can go and learn the entire language that he created. And Tolkien was a a linguistic professor. He knew what he was doing. So then you have books like this, and I've seen this in a few others. I think I I said this about another book that we've done on this show um, a while back called The the giant on half bald hill or something like that where instead of being a thought out language or something that's been done well it's done like the smurfs (laughs) where he just put the word smurf into a jar shook it up and threw it on the page and see what came out of it so you have like nouns you have proper nouns you have adjectives you have adverbs you have verbs all of these things just thrown out there as random words that are never explained or given enough context Mm. to know what you're talking about Um, One that really got me was the word road. So at this point in time, this is set like in the Middle Ages of um, Great Britain, a little bit at the end of the Roman Ages during the uh, exploration period, kind of uh, Columbus, things like that. Uh, Roads. Roads are pretty common. Rome had built roads. All roads lead to Rome. They were everywhere at this point in time. And instead of using the word road, he uses the word trod. And it's like, why are you doing that? It's Mm -hmm. called a road. You know, he does something similar with uh, Macedonia. M-A-K-E instead of Macedonia. Alexander the Great was from Macedonia. It's like, <laughs> at this point in time, it doesn't look like you know how Is to spell. Is it a Macedonia nut now? <laughs> right? <laughs> and so it was very frustrating and, and very um, pulled you out of the story. It didn't right. let you get absorbed. didn't let you right. lose that sense of who you are. And, and that was kind of the, the frosting on the cake that is this horrible book or the the horrible cake that is this book right well in words i mean it's okay like there are different books i've read where like they do create these new words in these stories and that's a good thing or it does draw you in a little bit even if it's not as fully immersive as like what tolkien did there can be done well at times sure but it's clearly not done well here because you remember the words more than you probably remember the story well, just because really it's so me, distracting because yeah i've read those books too what really bothers me is that it's never explained in any fashion right you just drop this word as a proper noun and then move on like we're all supposed to know what that is right and like i don't know what this is and it's supposed to be some big scary monster it's supposed to be something that you know that these people are worshiping it's supposed to be something that these people are using as a tool i don't know what this is that you've just dropped here yeah. and then let me deal with you know that's <laughs> yeah. become the elephant in the room they're talking about this and i have no idea what they're talking about yeah it feels but, like yeah you're this weird third person out there that doesn't quite know what's going on yeah. ever <laughs> but this is a small part this book had a whole bunch of other issues that weren't just revolved around words <laughs> you know there's this thing with language at one point in time this guy gets attacked by i think it's 
a vampire or something because there's all kinds of this different stuff in here. These are vampires that um, suck time. They steal time from people, which yeah. is a neat idea. You interesting, know? I, yeah. I picked up this book because it sounded really interesting. But so he gets attacked by a vampire, and instead of uh, you know pulling a sword or a you know a, a cross or anything like that, he starts telling a lang- telling a story in sign language. <laughs> and I don't understand. I didn't understand what are you what are you doing? <laughs> you know, say what? And, and for some reason that stops the vampire. Like it works. It's like this doesn't make any sense at this point in time. Right. This is totally crazy. And it, it, there's all kinds of this randomness. All of a sudden they're like in the they're like traveling through this cave, and then oh this cave's gonna collapse right now. Like, well, wait a minute. Why is it collapsing right now? There's been no indication this cave needs to collapse, but the plot needs to move along, and so we have to speed this up. The, the cave is now going to collapse. <laughs> and it's like, this is, it's so bad. So I would definitely recommend you just go ahead and skip The Unfinished Land by Greg Bear. I didn't even finish it. I think I got maybe halfway through it. Mm. It was pretty bad. Uh, the next one is actually a very popular series in the library. There are a lot of people who come in. Well, okay, there's a lot of, um, men who come in and read it and, and young boys maybe who come in and read teenagers I shouldn't say young boys that might give you the wrong idea <laughs> we're just that old now that everyone yeah. under 25 looks young <laughs> uh, so mm-hmm. very popular series it, it flies off my shelf you know people have offered to buy this series on the shelf you know just so they could have them all things like that uh, this is the Mercy Thompson series by Patricia Briggs uh, I was again I was excited for this it had been checked out quite a bit uh, it's about werewolves uh vampires things like that so it was like okay you know i can get into a good werewolf story that sounds fun and i was very disappointed at what this was um there are werewolves there although to be fair mercy is a were coyote <laughs> not <laughs> every a time you say that it just cracks me up because like seriously <laughs> not a werewolf say what and i think later in the series they deal with like were jaguars and all this other goofy stuff but it's like okay that's fine whatever you know get over that but it's it's actually it's actually a romance novel and hardcore like romance right um, and it's, it's like not... i mean because i think how we were talking about it, it's like the twilight series all grown up oh yeah you know sure. instead of the probably the cute innocent like oh they're holding hands or you know their first kiss it's sure. now like oh now it's a lot more <laughs> yes and it's it's all about that stuff this thing is mm-hmm. all about those relationships and of course one of the werewolves is a homosexual I mean, <laughs> you would think you know being <laughs> infected with the lichen disease and not being able to control his turning and you know feasting on people's flesh every full moon might outweigh his sexual lifestyle (laughs) you would be wrong because we have to focus on that for quite a while that is clearly the most important thing about this guy here (laughs) not not the fact that yeah he you know uh whatever (laughs) haunted by his kills you know no no no. it's who he um, chooses to live with so very disappointing it's also full of this feminist nonsense um and and poorly done too so she spends like four or five pages describing how horrible the world is for a female werewolf. And, you know, they never get any respect. And no, no, never... no. We're okay. Sorry, she's a coyote. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, my goodness. Whatever. <laughs> I couldn't she, help myself. She spends all this time talking about how hard it is for her. And then immediately something happens in the story, and the exact opposite of everything she just talked about 
is what happens. I mean, oh. they give they give her all kinds of respect. They do nothing but fawn over her and how smart she is and how brilliant she is. And it's like this is this is ridiculous. And at the mm. same time, it's like she talks about how she's so much weaker than a, than a full werewolf and a male werewolf and all that stuff. And then and then next scene, she gets in a fight with one and immediately takes him down, you know, and rips out his throat and kills him. And it's like, wait a minute, you just said you didn't have a chance in this fight. Why is this even conflict at all? Why is yeah. there anything dramatic here? Yeah. So I was very disappointed. It didn't take me long to figure out why the book was popular. Uh, the cover of the book is a um, very pretty and very scantily clad, I guess, uh, female. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it didn't take me long to figure out. It did take me a bit to figure out. It did take me a while to figure out that I'm not sure they are picking up this book for the story. Uh, I think they're picking it up for other reasons. <laughs> so I was pretty disappointed. But it is a very popular series. And so if that sounds like something that I'm just totally off base on and it's fantastic, you know, maybe you should give it a shot look it up uh that's mercy thompson uh, by patricia briggs so this last one i have uh i picked it up because i on the cover it said it was supposed to be a netflix special i don't know if that ever came to fruition or if it just bombed or or what happened here yeah. but we don't it, even have netflix so we can't even check to see yeah <laughs> i have no idea but it, it, it's called cursed by thomas wheeler and I was excited for this, mostly not because of the Netflix special, because it's supposed to be a retelling of King Arthur. That's mm-hmm. another way that it's actually advertised, a retelling of King Arthur. I love King Arthur. I think I've done the Saxon series by Bernard Cornwell yeah. on this show before. You know, I, I've read some other things about King Arthur. Um, most of, I don't, know if I, I don't remember if I've read the whole thing of the actual Arthurian legend, you know, the whole epic oh, poem, yeah. because no one has read that. <laughs> Only those weird English majors. Right. So... <laughs> So this was supposed to be kind of a retelling, but it was done just, I don't know, very shoddily. Um, so they pick up, she picks up on this tertiary character, a female, of course, and goes through her side of the story. And none of the characters are what you'd expect them to be or where they should be. Arthur is not king. Uh, Lancelot is not a knight. Uh, Merlin is a wizard only in a sense that weird things happen to him you know it's like Hmm. what is this exactly what's going on and why did you write this story why did you take something that's so popular so well known so well beloved and then turn it into this as opposed to just making your own story just do your own thing you know i have no problem with that right so very disappointed in that um i would also say that my biggest disappointment was the way she treated the two primary religions. Uh, again, this is set during the King Arthur times, kind of during those Middle Ages, the Dark Ages there. And I think C.S. Lewis writes about how this is the point in time where um, Western civilization was starting to take over from the pagan religions. You you had the mel- the melding of Judaish, Ju- Judo-Christian ethics with Greek philosophy creating Western civilization versus the old pagan religions. And as a as a people as a culture everyone had to kind of decide which side are you going to fall on Mm. where are you going to go and so i'm not going to defend like the catholic church at this point in time which is the driving factor of religion at this point um the Catholic Church definitely had its issues, definitely had its problems. I, I've you know read the Luther book by Eric Metaxas. I, I'm aware yeah, yeah. that I know that. But she treats them so harshly that it's really not even fair. Uh, they're like literally walking into towns just lighting people on fire, like just for fun, just to watch them burn. It's like this is – not only is this gross and horrible, this is wrong. You know, the, yeah, the Catholic Church isn't... was bad, but 
this is not what not the like that is kind doing. of bad. Yeah. It's more like bad theology and other practices. Yes, there's definitely bad some... financial choices. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but this is like this is just you trying to push an agenda in modern day that mm-hmm. you know this age this point in period in time does not fit that point. So very frustrating. Then as you flip over to the other side of the pagan religions, they're painted as, you know, almost like these nature first hippies who just all want to have peace and get (laughs) along and love each other. And it's like, this is so wrong and so disgusting. Um, That's not who these people were. That's not what a pagan religion stood for. Uh, A pagan religion was not about taking care of each other, everyone living on a commune and seeing kumbaya. You know, (laughs) they were pretty disgusting. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to describe it as if you've ever read or looked at the book of Leviticus and all the laws that (laughs) everyone just kind of looks at and says, um, well, obviously, you know, don't don't have sex with your family. Don't, you know, have sex with animals. Don't want to murder each other. Don't rape people. Don't sacrifice your children to, you know, all these things. That's what these people were doing. There's a reason he had to say don't do it. It's because they were doing it. And not like just a little it, yes. bit like everyone all over was doing this stuff. <laughs> yes. And there's a reason why when you get to Judges, the book of Judges and things like that, and, you know, they were indistinguishable from the world around them. Or even when Solomon was yeah. up there. And I think the Bible says at this point in time, you know, they were no different than the Canaanites. Like, mm-hmm. This is because they had fallen so badly. This is what they were doing again. Again. <laughs> you know. So it's like these people were not just delightful human beings that everyone to spend their time with. These are horrible horrible people that you know are really confused on what they should be doing and how they yeah. should be living and to the point where i mean it was an affront to god himself that i mean that's why he had to wipe out sodom it's yeah. why he had to flood the there, earth it's why he there's had reasons to, that this was happening you know, yeah and it was it was justified rightfully so yeah you know. well and unfortunately because once again we romanticize evil yes <laughs> you know very much so it's just it's tough because it's so easy it seems like it's so much easier for us to be like oh it's you know just them being not you know like i don't know just you let it go let it slide let them do their thing and yeah well really it's like no it's evil and you have to say it is these pagan religions in today's world have actually taken on a lot of the judo-christian worldview and the judo-christian morals and ethics you know you need to follow our morals and ethics without any of the undergirding of those morals and ethics there's no reason as to why someone who is an atheist should be moral no reason at all but for some reason they still think they should be they still think they should Hmm. be there's no absolutely no reason for someone who worships the earth to give one wit about their fellow man right you know and yet for some reason they think they should so Anyway, off that soapbox. <laughs> uh, that being said, that being said, this book did have some really cool moments. The one that I still remember stands out for me. Um, this girl and Morgan, this girl, excuse me, Merlin, go to like meet these uh, uh, lepers, and like the king of the lepers shows up, and he's this huge monster who's like his skin is peeling off and he's gonna they have to fight him it's like it's really cool kind of scary horrific moment it's like that was a really cool piece of writing and a very cool moment in this story so there's a lot of cool stuff there it just wasn't what i expected for a Mm. arthur story and you know when you pitch stuff that's so nonsensical as that I, i can't just let it slide completely so yeah but still i thought it was worth a look and i would definitely recommend it for someone who's you know wants a quick read easy something like that so 
Uh, anyway, I have talked about Cursed by Thomas Wheeler, The Mercy Thompson series by Patricia Briggs, and The Unfinished Land by Greg Bear. I am Nick the Game Swoon Dad with your wife Amber of AmbitionsForChrist.com. This has been the Family Bookshelf. Please like, subscribe, us on, f- find us on Facebook, like, subscribe, drop us a line, tell me if I'm wrong about everything. <laughs> Let me know. Hopefully this third recording gets to you. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good night.